Hey everyone, you're listening to The Vent Podcast, your source for market insights, wine industry news, and updates on our current collections. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Vent Podcast. My name is Brady, joined as always in our virtual studio by Billy Galanko. Billy, how are you doing? Doing well. Excited today to have an extra guest in our virtual studio. Yeah, I think this is throwing it back to the early Vint podcast days when we used to have our CEO, Nick King, at the end of every episode, giving a little one minute update on the company. And uh, I guess we've gotten big enough where there's just no time for that extra minute. But luckily, we were able to grab 30 minutes of Nick's time right now to come on and talk a little bit about Vint, what we've been working on over the last quarter, really probably over the last four or five months since you've been on the pod. So Nick, glad to have you in the virtual lab. Thanks, Brady. Thanks, Billy. It's good good to be back. Yeah, I think we've had, I, I say this every every quarter is going to be the best quarter, but this most recent quarter has definitely been our, our best quarter with new team members, strong growth distributions. And one thing that has worked for us from the beginning is transparency. It's a, a cultural value internally. You can find it on our About Us page as one of our foundational cornerstones. And then also transparency with our community of investors. So that's why I'm here is to give our investors a bit of a, a look behind the curtain on what has been going on, how we sort of executed on some of these things. So I think the the biggest update from this quarter was our first set of distributions. So we look at wine and spirits as a a long-term asset class. We guide to a a three to seven year hold period. We've looked at historical data and it, it has really proven to be a strong and stable asset class over the long term. However, we want to be opportunistic. So over the last 12 months or so, the champagne market has been really, really strong. We were observing this, you know, Billy and Adam are constantly tracking the markets. Billy writes up those quarterly updates, which are really, really quality content to inform you all about, you know, trends in the market. And we were observing this supply and demand imbalance leading prices to increase in in champagne. So we started to field offers for these wines in our Champagne Stars collection, which was a $73,000 collection that launched July. It was actually July 8th. I remember that 2021, day after my birthday. And we got some really interesting offers on these wines. So we looked at about a quarter of the collection and saw that if we exited it, we could generate north of of 20% returns. And we're like, okay, this is really, really strong, a really, really strong return for our investors. So let's take advantage this this opportunity. So in addition to returning capital to investors, it was really important for us to show a full cycle collection. Up until this point, you know, we've you know, I think our investors have a really strong degree of trust in us and our our business, and they were trusting out they're going to be able to exit collections at a strong return. But now that we've proved it, it's one of the things that I'm most proud of and how we did it. I want to give a, a big shout out to the tech and product team because this was was not a, a simple endeavor. So we we exited about twenty percent of the collection and. It, 
with that, we had to recreate the portfolio page. We had to create definitions. We had to figure out the flow of funds to return it back to investors in an efficient manner. And all of that, it was basically an entire quarter project for the tech and product team and started with you know defining some parameters and then going into a, a design sprint. So a design sprint is a, a one-week sprint where basically you outline a problem, you create your personas, you talk to users, you spin up some wireframes to get feedback on how you should build a feature or a product. And after that week and a lot of dev resources being piled into the project on the back end of it, we we rolled it out and it was completely smooth. I think Brady probably fielded a handful of comments and correct me if I'm wrong, Brady, but the overwhelm, the the comment that I heard the most was I wanted to see my bottle counts. Outside of that, did we have any other constructive feedback around distributions? I mean, I, I really think that people were just surprised at how quickly it happened. You know, we talked about, you talked about trust just now, and I think we have investors who understand that this asset class is a medium to long-term hold. And so a lot of the feedback that I think I heard initially on the distribution was, wow, that's exciting. I wasn't expecting this distribution so soon. So people have been excited to be able to put their funds back into new collections because, you know, we really started to ramp that up recently. There are a lot of new opportunities. So yeah, people were excited. Definitely. That that capital that gets returned at a, a strong rate of return, expect high reinvestment rates around that. And I think what speaks volumes to the asset class and also our strategy of how we source and think about exiting is the general performance of other asset classes over that time period. So, you know, looking year to date, the S&P is well down, crypto is well down. And in the midst of all of that volatility, we were able to exit these wines and get that money back in the hands of our investor. And yeah, it's something that I'm really, really proud of that we were able to to roll out. So we with the the rollout of that, we talk about quarterly distributions. And I want to say that we don't anticipate exiting wines every quarter. It's not necessarily a dividend. It's something that we are being opportunistic around. So if someone is looking for you know a, a case of 2010 Screaming Eagle and they're willing to pay an attractive price and we target double digit returns, then we will look to exit that and get the money back in the hands of our investors on the platform. So something that we're getting better and better at, automating it, taking in some data. Billy and Adam are working on a really interesting data project to assist in the scalability and automation of sourcing and distribution. So more on that at a, at a later date, but really, really excited about distributions. Second, really, one one thing that I, I say a lot is the thing that makes me most excited is how strong our team is. We, whether it's, you know, Brady, who hired from our, our user base and who better to talk to investors than someone who 
was a user first and then a member of our team or Billy, who was our first employee and helped build the infrastructure of the wine side, the marketing side, a a ton of stuff that Patrick and I really didn't know how to do or yeah. So the the team is something that I'm I'm really proud of. And with two big additions this past quarter, it's proven that if you get talent right from the beginning, it compounds. And we made our first senior hire, L. She's our director of business development. She started late March and is focused on the B2B and B2B2C side of things. And we hired our director of wine, Adam Wapierre, who's been on the podcast. And he's potentially one of the best people in the world for this job with his background. It's really unique being one of the 50 masters of wine here in the U.S., yet taking a a very data-driven and process-driven approach to his job. Really, really excited about the team. And we are recruiting. I'll touch on that when we talk about the, the Q3 plans one thing when you when when you think about our team nick what are the not the biggest needs but what are you looking for when you think about building a team like that like the first 10 folks as we have now what were the main considerations as you were bringing you know i guess probably since you've been on and maybe since i started like the last three or four folks yeah so there are two things i think of it as removing hats when we brought Billy on, I was able to remove my wine hat and, you know, I'm there to to help, but Billy's 10x better at his job than I am. And when we brought Eric on, he was removing a bit of a product hat and Patrick does more, more of that than I do. So every person who we bring on need to be five to 10x better than the person who's currently doing their job. So naturally in a startup, people are spread thin and we all wear many hats and let's let's just use an example of like content we were talking about this today and uh, you know content falls in between billy brady and jordan if we were to bring someone on to be a content marketer then they they better be five to ten x better than you guys are at that and that's going to be their sole sole job so that's how i think about people that we bring on and i also think of hiring as some of the most important decisions that we make in the course of of a year it's something that we've been really fortunate from the beginning to have gotten right i think there's certainly a lot of luck involved there but if if we get it wrong it's something that it would likely cause these ripple effects and because we have such high quality talent when someone's not up to that caliber i i feel it would be clear so it's as Patrick and I run this recruiting process for a few more hires, like it's something that we're trying to get better at. But one of the tricks up my sleeve when it comes to recruiting is just introducing people to the team. I think no one can, I can sell Vint pretty well, no matter who you are, like an investor or a customer or a potential employee, but it speaks volumes when I introduce them to, you know, Billy or Brady and they talk about work-life balance, introduce them to Ash or Eric and they talk about how, you know, growth and product and different teams work together. I think those are really powerful ways to to recruit. Yeah. I, I would say after seeing everybody come on over the time, my biggest concern 
or not really concerned, but everybody always talks about culture when it comes to building a company. And as we've brought on everybody after me, it's been interesting. Well, first, I went from having to convince people that the company was real to, you know, (laughs) we're doing a good job to now I don't even have to talk to everybody, which is great. But second, now that we've had multiple in-person retreats, I've always been impressed that each time we all get together, there's there's not really any clickiness. Everybody can chat with each other and everybody's like so on the same page and excited that it's 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 really nice. There's no, nobody who really kind of stands out or is just here because they're good at their job and doesn't really like anybody else. It's, it's We're all kind of on the same page, which is great. Definitely. Culture, something that we've talked about from the beginning, even when Billy joined us on a part-time trial basis. Yeah, trial basis. I'm sure culture was one of the early things that we talked about, the transparency, meritocracy, extreme ownership, and, and radical candor is something that I think everybody has bought into. And if if they didn't, you know, I I, I think they would be in you know, they might not be the best fit. I don't know if this culture is for everybody, but when you get the right people who those values resonate with them, then it it really works. And it shows at the retreat, like Billy was saying, like when you have these shared set of values, it's it's almost like this bar that you have to meet to be a part of the team. And it, it de-risks some of the things that can happen if you have a, a, a weak company culture and just internal problems. So yeah, we'll we'll talk more about recruiting when we discuss what's upcoming in in Q3. Yeah, I think speaking to how we're all on the same page, I think we all have a really clear vision of the problems that we're trying to solve for our customers, but also for just the asset as a whole. And then even broader, like just alternative assets generally. I think we're all kind of on the same page about being excited about those problems. And I think that we know we have the resources to solve them, which is really energizing. I think for our team, it's easy, easy to buy into. I think when new folks come on, maybe can can we pivot to the product a little bit? We have kind of a new look on our platform. Is that something that I know that isn't directly in your wheelhouse in terms of making product decisions day to day or doing the design, but is that something that you've been thinking about adding product features over time? Was that a really big goal of this first maybe half of this year? Definitely. Improved product, it improves growth. Jordan does a really good job of, you know, consistently bringing ideas and concepts to the table to improve growth through through a product lens. When we built the product, when when Patrick built the product in the December to May timeframe, when he went full time at Vint, there were a lot of things that it was it was a highly functional product, but user experience could certainly improve as could UI. So this last quarter, these last six months, we brought out a new collection card, improved certain flows, a new homepage. And we, we did see an improvement in conversion rate when we rolled out this new homepage. So I think one of the biggest misconceptions I had in the like, say very, very early days, like 2019 was like, you know, you just kind of build a product and I know what, what else needs to be done once it's built. And that is not the case at all. There's always mm-hmm. things done and there's always this backlog that exists and we've been fortunate to have really strong engineering talent to help work through that backlog so product you know distributions was the big one but improving that ux was meaningful in terms of of helping growth which can take me right into 
the growth of of the platform. So we now have over 35 offerings that we've done on our platform. We've securitized over 4.4 million worth of assets and you know across the collections there's now over 3 million that's been invested. It's something that I wrote my my quarterly letter in the last month or so and looked back at what was the platform like May 2021 and we had 252 accounts, one collection at $46,000. And we had, you know, less than 100 investors that first month. And now we've looking back at the last year, 14 months, the growth has been has been great. So it's, it's exciting. The growth has been accelerating. And I feel like we're in a, a really, really strong place. And we are all rallied around this, this mission of creating this new asset class and, and hitting our targets. Yeah, on on that point of the growing community and the growing investor base in general, I guess you touch on. I, I believe last month was our our best single month. I don't know if you want to give specifics or just talk in generalities, percentages over before, but it was great because it, it felt like just May you were telling us that, or June that was our best month. One one of the most recent. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We did six collections. And we had over. 440,000 invested on the platform. And yeah, that is our best month. We've been on a little bit of a heater here, like prior to this past month, I think we had nine collections sell out within the first day or so. So we ramped the size, uh, which contributed to that growth. And yeah, yeah, I am I'm, I'm looking forward to more collections, bigger sizes, and and faster sellouts, but we have a really strong playbook in place in terms of growth. And one of the things I think will contribute to that growth for sure is and heading into Q3, kind of on the front end of it, I guess, is we have 10 new collections upcoming, which we'll talk about, I think, in more detail in a later episode, but that's way more than what we've kind of been securitizing at a time in the past. Is that right? Is that kind of a strategic thing move that we're making. I mean, that's not as much my side of the business as is Billy's, but how have you thought about scaling up the number of sheer number of collections that we're offering to investors? Yeah. One of the great things about this business is there's not really a marginal cost of doing additional offerings. So, you know, there's an escrow cost and a filing fee, but outside of that, we've gotten pretty efficient at doing more collections. So props to to Billy, who's built this framework in terms of the SEC paperwork that we can get it off to our lawyers to review and filed in a, a quick manner. So we were like, let's do 10 collections over a million dollars worth of assets to continue to to fuel this growth on the both the supply and the demand side of things. Yeah, we're well into Q3 now. What are the kind of overarching goals that you see for event towards the end of this quarter and, and maybe maybe some of them extend into the rest of the year, but what do you see as the big goals? Definitely. So the biggest on my radar is recruiting. So we're a team of 10 right now, six on the business side, four on the tech and product side. We're actively recruiting a product manager and another engineer. So we've we've run recruiting processes in the past. And one of the challenges with recruiting is like if you just throw something out on LinkedIn, it's it's pretty useless. The you know, 
the alignment between candidates that apply and the role is is quite low and actually nobody that we've hired has been from like a a cold linkedin job or an angelist job we've been very network driven when it comes to to making hires so what the approach that we've taken to making these two hires is sort of an extended network approach i reached out to a number of friends and big thanks to to those guys for making some connections so i went on linkedin pulled their connections found the product managers and the engineers and would send over a list of 10 names or so to get some some people in the pipeline with the parameters being you know two to eight years of experience you know right fit in terms of role and typically like 18 months at their job people who are kind of noodling on making a making a switch so if anybody listening is a pm or engineer or, or has a friend who you think might be a good fit a good fit definitely send them my way I love talking to talents and we're always building this talent pipeline in Notion. We have a doc that is, you know, basically anybody I talk to who is a potential fit at one point or another, I'll just throw their name in there and try and stay in touch once or twice a year. I was going to say, and then when you say project, project manager, we're talking about like a, a tech product side project manager or you know, product manager type thing, not like a PM from a ad agency or something. Yes, product manager. That's your your advertising background coming in. I didn't even know that there was ad PMs, project managers. Yeah, product manager. So if you fit the mold of either of those or know someone who does, definitely send them my way. Second would be one thing that we're we're interested in are these these allocation strategies. I think Brady has talked about a bit, but helping investors be more educated when it comes to diversification within their wine and spirits portfolio. So we ran the numbers the last 20 years of data and developed these strategies to educate based on a blend of value and a growth strategy. We're rolling this out as an MVP. So if you want us to take a look at your portfolio, put together a little model to you know, show you different opportunities within the Vint opportunity set in terms of investing, just let us know. We'd be happy to do that. Brady has sent it out, gotten some really good feedback. And, you know, if it's, if we continue to get really good feedback, then it can justify us turning it into a product feature outside of just this pretty manual modeling process that we do. And then things that we're always looking at our you know growth billy can touch on the all the 10 to 11 collections that we have coming up if opportunities present themselves we'll look to exit assets and get that money back in the hands of of investors and uh, yeah those are things that are always on our mind working on new product features like potentially a wallet that's one that gets me pretty excited if enough people from the the user base ping Brady or Patrick directly and be like, I want a wallet. And then we can justify it to Patrick to to build a wallet sooner rather than later. But there's there's a lot on the horizon. I, I don't know about you guys, but I personally feel like momentum is really high. And as, as I say, we're, we're certainly just getting started. And I'm sure 
Q3 is going to be better than than Q2. So I'm glad I was able to share all this with with the Vint community. I think we should make this a quarterly tradition that come on and give the behind the scenes updates. Yeah, that's great. I, you know, we always appreciate hearing kind of the way that you're thinking about these things because obviously you have some like general oversight over all of our different categories. And, you know, it's nice to be able to share with our investors as well. We have, we're lucky to have a really engaged community, especially of the people who have been with us since 2021. We've had a lot of growth in 2022, but we still have a really large swath of investors who've been with us for over a year now, which I think is really speaks to one, the quality of our our product and 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 what we're doing with this asset class, but also I think just the cohesion between these different the different sides of our business. And so I think props props to Nick and props to Patrick for holding that together. And like you said, for recruiting well, we'd love to have more folks join the team who are aligned with that mission. Billy, any anything else you wanted to mention before we let Nick get back to recruiting? No, not not necessarily for Nick. I, I'll just say like he was mentioning, you know, we we touched on in the last episode that. There's a, a lot of exciting collections in the hopper. You guys have seen the first first of these from this next batch in the Middleton Silent Distillery collection. You also see our our beautiful new collection card design as well for that. But uh, I, again, I just kind of want to call out that you'll you'll see three collections open right now. That is something that we're going to try to continue to do. Maybe not three, but to you know have have number one collections always open for people to invest in, but number two to have options at all times. So we're really excited with this. This 11 that we just filed, we're working through the theses right now. And it's like I said last week, it's really fun to get to write about such exciting wines and spirits and then to be able to offer them in, in kind of a, a quick succession for everybody to be able to invest on. Yeah. So I would say stay tuned. Right now we have the, the Middleton Silent Distillery Collection open three bottles. It's going to be these three are the first three in a, a six bottle set. They're very, very limited production. The first of these chapters was only 48 bottles, I believe, 45, 48. And the others are only around 100. So it's it's really exciting to have such a limited thing in terms of the oldest and most limited Irish whiskey in the world. And then, of course, we have our Penfold Grains collection and our Bordeaux Superstars collection open. So we have both kind of a, an emerging market, but yet a classic from Australia and Penfolds. It's basically the blue chip from Penfolds. And then we have like the consummate blue chips from Bordeaux and our Bordeaux Superstar Magnum. So I think we have a, a bunch of potential cornerstone opportunities for people's portfolios. Excited to share what we have for the rest of the quarter as well. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Nick, again, and Billy. See everyone next week. For questions, comments, or feedback on the Vent podcast, please email us at support at vent.co. To check out our current offerings and to sign up for the Vent platform, find us at www.vent.co. That's www.vint.co. Vint and VV Markets are offering securities pursuant to Regulation A. Our offering circular as amended can be found on the SEC website. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments such as those on the Vint platform are speculative and involve substantial risks to consider before investing. We may provide communication that may contain certain forward-looking statements that are subject to various risks and uncertainties. Information provided in any communications is not legal, business, or tax advice. All prospective investors should consult a legal, tax, or business advisor concerning the subject matter of any communications and any offering.